Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of many trades, and I am joined today by Levi Daniels, who is an academic coach and tutor, a copywriter, a hiker, and a quirky, passionate multi-potentialite. Levi's pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hat Collecting, Levi. Hi, Lacey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, Levi and I know each other from an online community called the Puttyverse, which is a community for so you know so-called multi-potentialites, and we're both very uh, passionate in that regard, with lots of different interests and things. So uh, we're sort of like the quintessential hat collectors, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first question that I like to ask my guests as kind of an icebreaker is, where did you grow up? Hmm. Well, yeah, thanks for having me again, Lacey. And so I grew up from in the same place I'm calling in from today, which is Cape Town, South Africa. Hmm. Um, Very nice. Yeah. And and you, I know that you didn't, you haven't lived there your whole life. How long did you live there before you did a bit of like traveling and stuff? Mm, so born and bred here uh, up until about 2014. Then I left for four years uh, and stayed and in and studied in Chicago. So uh, Chicago, Illinois, that's where I was from four, 2014 to 2018, but the rest of the time, Cape Town. Mm, very nice. Um, and so I, another question that I like to ask, especially when people on the show are not, because I've had a lot of Toronto uh, people on the show, um, I like to ask, what uh, do you think that there's any um la like any lasting influence from growing up there that like while you were in chicago it's like you know you can't take the cape town out of levi because this sort of a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh man definitely the lingo the lingo okay. was the thing sometimes it, it was almost like a language barrier you know i get there and uh we're in on a road like you know just a normal road and i'm like drop me off at the robot we're in a car like drop me off at the robot they're like the what no, the robot. What? The, the what? And then I point and they're like, oh, the traffic light. Because in South Africa, we call the traffic light a robot. Don't ask why. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely the language. Ah, yeah, like uh, slang from other uh, countries can sometimes be very fun to, uh, to learn about. <laughs> yeah. um, and do you think that there are any uh, stereotypes that you've encountered about uh, South Africa or even Cape Town more specifically that you would like to dispel? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Where to start? Uh, I can make a whole instagram page about like you know memes on <laughs> things that i've heard in the u.s um first things first we do speak english in africa um south africa <laughs> that is my home language um i remember someone saying to me um oh you're from south africa oh my gosh your your english is so good i was like yeah spoke it my whole life <laughs> um and i don't have a pet lion mm. um you know, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that would be very handy, um, you know, security and whatnot. Um, and what else? Oh, yes, we have roads and mm. cars and internet. Mm. <laughs> yes, you know, so. very, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get the gist. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can totally understand people thinking some of those things. And like, yeah, it makes sense that, that you would say what the actual reality is. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to take a moment now to do a land acknowledgement. Uh, hat collecting is based here in Toronto, but I consider it kind of a worldwide uh, project. Um, Toronto or Tecoronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish with one spoon treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. To learn more about this, including uh, where you live or where you grew up, you can go to native-land.ca. And even though it's a .ca address, it's not just for Canada, it actually covers the whole world. So if you want to start learning about the kind of the treaties and the um, Indigenous peoples of, like I said, where you live or where you grew up, um, you can check that site and you can probably start learning some stuff there. Um, yeah, so this next question is perhaps a little bit loaded, given that we're both multi-potentialites. But uh, the next thing I like to ask is, uh, I guess maybe focus on maybe the top three things or top two things. But how did? You, can you tell us a little bit about the things that you currently do and how you got into them? Mm. Okay, so yeah, um, <laughs> you you, you preface that well. It is a bit loaded, but we'll keep it short and sweet uh, as possible. Uh, I started well. The intention of my, my my intention in going and studying in the USA, um, I was a tennis player throughout high school, primary school. It was always it made it like my dream goal throughout high school to go to the USA, play tennis, do the student athlete thing. So, yep, mission accomplished there, and it was great. Um, and so, when I another reason I wanted to study in the states is because when I left high school, everyone was like, "I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. I'm going to be this." And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> all of the above, none of the above. I don't know." Um, I knew it was going to be something in the health field, um, you know, but I didn't know what. So I went to the states so that I could study a bit of everything at a liberal arts school, and so that's what I did. Uh, studied a bit of English, chemistry. Uh, Pre-medicine is what I majored in and um, came back to South Africa and yeah, lots of life happened. But then also what happened was I couldn't get into med school, no matter how hard I tried, because it's super difficult to do it here. Uh, we have a really good med school program, which means people from all over the world try and get in to the point and like, it's also really competitive for locals. So um, how I got into what I was doing now is um, as an academic coach and tutor, I started off just tutoring as almost like a side gig while I was studying to get into med school, you know, all the entrance exams, all of that. Uh, and also to keep myself sharp with the maths, physics, which which ironically are not my strongest subjects, but are now my most uh, popular tutoring subjects. Um, and so that's what I did. It's just like a side hustle. And then I realized, hey, people are saying that they really appreciate this stuff and I'm kind of good at it. And I was kind of kicking myself, being like, no, no, don't, don't, don't become a teacher, because that's what my grandfather was, my teacher. I mean, my mother is also a teacher. So um, I was like, oh, I don't want to keep it in the family. But lo and behold, runs in my blood, can't run away. So I became, um, yeah, kind of got into the academic coaching thing when I realized that um, I was providing more than just a subject specific service it was more of a i want to see this person as a whole human being and um i kind of just naturally started doing that but then i realized hey people are getting a lot of value in out of this and they really are prepared to acknowledge that value too and so i was like i better start acknowledging the uh, my, the value i have been uh, adding myself and so that's when the coaching label came in with tu uh, tutor um or educator so yeah that's how that where I got to how I got 
where I am now. Um, and I'm also in the business or not in the business, but kind of slowly teaching myself how to do the uh, usual online creator stuff. So I've been, you know, making posts on Canva and, you know, the video editing, all of that digital online entrepreneur stuff. So that's also part of the package now. Um, whilst also still I haven't let go of my um, med school pursuits, so that's still in the background. I've always wanted to be a healer of some sort. Coaching is giving me a bit of that as like just not a healer, but a let me help you uh, get actualize your potential. Uh, so I'm looking forward to one day when we when we grow up um, <laughs> getting into the health professions. So yeah, there we go. Very nice. Yeah, I I appreciate. Uh, I've had a I guess a similar journey with the, some of the things that I've tried to pursue, and then the side turns that I've taken. And it's like, oh hey, the, like like interviewing people is not a thing that I was planning to do originally, but I discovered that I enjoyed doing it by accident, and here I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess uh, we'll we'll look at the because the, the the tutoring and the coaching is your primary thing. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about like tutors or like education coaches? Mm, that we are study buddies. Uh, so like, hey, can you just teach my kid these things? And like, you know, maybe I'll give you like a chocolate or some water for it. I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my job. This is how we get the food on the table. You know, we got to have the RESPCT for these dudes. <laughs> um, so I guess that and also um, that because unfortunately in South Africa, teachers are severely underpaid um, and overworked and overstressed. And um, even the best teachers just get completely burnt out at the end of the day. Um, so usually when students come to me, they have this um, kind of notion of that is what a teacher is. And um, so it's the first bit of the process is always, okay, um, yes, I'm, I'm teaching you things. And also this is a, a co-relationship in which like as a coach, I don't consider myself taking a lead, but rather helping the student themselves uh, lead themselves, just kind of bringing it out of themselves. So um, those, I think, are the biggest two is like not being valued and also um, being seen as too much of a leader, whereas it's actually a two-way relationship. Um, and then, yeah, also big misconception is people are always like, oh, what grade are you in? I'm like, um, I'm in grade graduated. Thank you very much. <laughs> because, yeah, I do look a bit younger, but hey, part of the package keeps me youthful. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so the next question here, if uh, if you can remember this, um, when you were a child, when you were younger, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to be an artist until I figured out that I couldn't really draw and I didn't really enjoy it much. And then um, I wanted to be a doctor who found the cure for either cancer or AIDS or something like that. And um, funnily enough, when I got to varsity, I had the opportunity to uh, work with a professor who was working on uh, a novel cancer treatment. So that was kind of cool. It was kind of like a full circle moment for me. Um, but yeah, still, 
so since then I had the doctor thing going, um, but then I left it and I was like, ah, now everyone's going to do that. I don't want to do that because everyone else is doing it. And then I was like, actually, I dig with this stuff. So here we are still pursuing it. Very nice. Um, so one of the themes of this show is uh, not only learning about the guest, but learning about what the guest is learning about. So a question that I like to ask is, what is the last new thing that you learned? And what is something that you would still like to learn about, whether it's a skill or like certain topic or whatever? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm currently learning quite a bit about positive psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, lots of psychology, because um, yeah, I feel like it kind of enhances what I'm doing. Um, and also as like a side um, kind of interest thing, I love learning about um, like how people are, like the nature of being and spirituality kind of stuff. Um, so that's what I'm onto. And something I would still like to learn is, um, I guess, how to help people towards well. Um, especially mental wellness. Um, so yes, keeping up with the med theme, definitely um, psychiatry is high on the cards or psychology is high on the cards. Um, and also Japanese. I learned Japanese on and off. <laughs> um, I have, I can, like, I know the two writing sets and I can kind of identify letters and I really congratulate myself when I get them right. Um, <laughs> but um, I would like to take that more seriously because... Uh, Japan is my dream destination. Congratulations, anime, for doing that to me. You won. <laughs> yeah, no, Japanese is a very cool language. I did a little bit of self-study in it a number of years ago. I was a little too overloaded to get very far with it. But like you, I learned uh, both, of, well, not the not the kanji, but the, ka the kana, the um, mm just the individual characters for like the the sound the syllables and the letters um and yeah like i've never actually really been that much into anime but just something about the language and it just really captivates me and so as i was like learning a bit of it and i started to like realize like oh i'm actually able to understand full sentences now and like that was such a little moment for me because a lot of people think japanese is like the hardest language to learn like it's actually not that hard, I don't think, personally. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's another interesting question that this might uh, spawn a bit more of a, a conversation. What is something that you wish that you had known when you were coming out of school and getting into the real world, like the working world? Definitely, I wish that I knew uh, just how interconnected all things are like how much of me is made up of everyone around me and getting better at um, differentiating between the two years but also accepting that for what it is because I was on such a mission as a youth to I guess I gave a bit away earlier like I don't want to do what anyone else everyone else is doing I want to be my own thing and I want to figure it out and I was very world and not uh, Stubborn in a way, um, I, I did listen, but I, I was like a very much a people pleaser, but I also had this really big stubborn streak. And so I think that combo of people pleaser and stubborn streak uh, really um, did not serve me well. Where now that I know that uh, I, you know, this is, I am 
a composite of my own personality, my own things, but also the influence of every single other human being uh, who I've been with for better or for worse. Um, that I wish I knew that. That would have been really, you know, helpful. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. You reminded me of a thing that I've heard before, and maybe you've heard it too, but I've heard it said that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with or the most time around. And like, I know there's definitely some truth to that because if you meet someone and you really like enjoy their personality or whatever, then you're going to spend time with them. And then they're like, some of their like quirks and mannerisms will probably like rub off on you. And, you know, if you become really good friends, then like, yeah, you're going to end up like bleeding into each other a little bit in, in a social sense. And so I think that's a really interesting idea. And it also makes me fascinated to see um, like what what kind of company people keep. And like, if I meet someone and I like their friends, like right away, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to definitely enjoy spending more time with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's also a saying across the African continent, which other, uh, you know, continents have also now caught up on, um, came up in like one of my psych professors, like American psych professors courses as well. Uh, it's um, Ubuntu, which means I am because we are. And mm. um, just this uh, notion of uh, that inseparability between self and community. Um, so I like that. You are the sum of the five people closest to you. Is that it? That's that's a version that I've heard. I've heard some people say, you know, the 10 people you spend the most time around. And just in general, like, I, because I can think of a few, like, podcasters or friends or, you know, just, like, public figures who... Um, I feel like I've kind of absorbed small bits of inspiration from that have kind of created who I am. So I can't claim to be fully original because I'm definitely stealing some good ideas from some people. <laughs> but and then yeah, to think too yeah. that like I'm one of the people that's influencing the people around me, like my friends and things. So it's like it's always kind of everyone's like resonating on and off of each other. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So um, so here's, a, I guess, a, a similar related question. What is something that is not taught in school, but you think should be? Mm. Oof. Just like how to, okay, well, other than how to be a good human, because that seems to be in short supply these days, I don't know, um, just manners and um, not just to other people, but how to be a good human to yourself. Like, I feel like, Many of the kids these days, I was speaking to another educator who does varsity kids um, or varsity adults, um, kids, adults. I still feel like a kid most of the time. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, we were both talking about how um, a, like self-worth is so attached to academics because kids these days just feel so much pressure to succeed, to be the next great thing, to be the next influencer on social media or whatever it is. Um, I feel like the pressure is just so much more. Um, and other educators have been like, yeah, like kids get bad marks in tests and they're going to like full on anxiety mode. And I've seen it happen even in like lessons where um, we just have to like help to like separate the self-worth from that performance. So I feel like um, taking a book as you were just speaking about how we are the sum of, um, or like we resonate off the people that we are um, listening to or around and I've recently been doing oh I just finished a course by Martin Seligman the one of the founders of positive psychology who um, 
instigated a positive education program in schools across Australia first and now across the world and the whole of the US military. And what he's, um, this positive psychology thing that Seligman, Dr. Seligman was talking about is, is just this, like, this notion of um, instead of looking at the things that need correction, always the negatives, looking at, okay, what did we do well in that test? And um, it's amazing. I actually asked one of my students today, what did, even though they failed a uh, math thing that they had to do, I, I said, hey, you got closer than the last time. What, what went well? And they struggled to voice that because they were like, wait, what? But, uh, but how? Like, I've never been asked this, especially when I failed. Like, what? But the mood just lifted. And we had a much more productive session as a result. So, um, yeah, can't even remember what the original question was, but yes, there we go. <laughs> you definitely answered it. And I, I do agree that, uh, you know, I've had a lot of the same kinds of answers to this question. Things like, you know, self-care, self-love, uh, empathy, um, uh, like meditation, uh, just a lot of things to like help us be calmer and more peaceful and happier because as you said, like there's all this pressure to do well in school and then to get a good job. And just there's all this pressure to like accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. And I know I really struggle with it myself that I, you know, I've talked to my roommate about this, that like, I don't really, if I'm not accomplishing things, even like fun things, if I'm not doing something, I feel very unmotivated and that makes me feel not good. And I have a hard time just like relaxing, just enjoying being still and not trying to do a million things. And I'm getting better, but I've still got work to do on that. So I think if I'd learned in school to like meditate or just kind of slow down and smell the roses a bit more, that would have served me well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the next question here. Um, in terms of all the different things that you do, a question I like to add, you, again, using the hat metaphor, um, what would you say are sort of the two two of the most dissimilar things that you either do or are interested in? Like you tell people to be like, I can't believe that you like this and you also do this. Like not in a negative way, but just like, I'm surprised that somebody, like the example I've given often is like, you know, a surgeon who plays ping pong because I just feel like that's such a... A, a, an odd combination, but I'm sure it exists out there. Is there anything you can think of like that for yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, when I first did that question, I thought to myself, wait, but my mindset is just so much of we are all connected. Everything is interconnected. The name Levi means connection or, you know, anointed for connection. So I'm just like, I can like, my, my mind just automatically finds connections between things. So now for me to say, okay, which ones aren't connected? I'm like, hmm, what isn't connected that I do? <laughs> so um, I probably would say um, ones that I have mentioned before is like the uh, language, like the Japanese anime thing, but then also the fact that I really um, enjoy um, like serious medical, um, like anatomy. Like I also enjoy like the human body um, movement. I also, oh, here's also another one. I love hiking, yet the amount of time I spend behind my laptop, like writing things or working way outnumbers the amount of hours that I do hiking. <laughs> um, but another few dissimilar similar things, I guess, would be um, the Japanese 
uh, like I'm just not just the language, but also the culture and just like being the one place I'd really most like to visit. Uh, but the next place I'd most like to visit um, is like kind of the other side of the spectrum. Um, I went to Jamaica when I was staying in Chicago and I would really love to go back. Um, such a beautiful place. Um, people are amazing. Um, I don't feel out because most of the other people they are brown too. Like people don't think about this as a traveler much, but I usually stick out in any most places. But they, I'm just like one of the crew. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's about it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, very good. No, I, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't trying to like put you in a corner to be like what things are are unconnected it's more just things that that seem outwardly dissimilar or unrelated but of course we know the connections between them because it's you know our brain but um it's like you know i think i think somebody asked me that once myself and i can't remember what i said but um yeah i think uh i think people might be surprised with me uh, like especially if they uh once they kind of get to know me a bit more, like I'm usually pretty upfront when it comes to music. I'm like, I like heavy metal and I know it's a very acquired taste that not many people are into. Um, but like, even just in too. music, what's that? I am too. So we good. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, like I, it, it sort of surprises people sometimes when I'm like, I can enjoy listening to like Katy Perry just as much as I can enjoy listening to Cannibal Corpse. Like, it's you know they seem like like how can you enjoy this one that's clearly melodic and poppy and danceable and this other thing that's just like noise and aggression and and uh, i'm just like i don't know they just both resonate with me <laughs> and yeah, that's just you know within within the music sphere um uh, it's so funny that you mentioned that because just this morning i was listening to a playlist called rocktronic which is literally metal like metal bands like under oath will collaborate with um rez or like um a um electronic band and or like elenium and or pendulum who's like drum and bass will collaborate with uh, in flames which is like ah! so <laughs> that was literally my playlist this morning <laughs> i i want to check that out that sounds interesting super yeah like there's there's a couple of bands that are uh, industrial metal and I kind of enjoy that. Like I don't enjoy as much electronic music on its own. I do enjoy a little bit of it, but when it's combined with something else that I already do like, like rock or metal, it's like okay, cool, I dig this. <laughs> so yeah, I'll have to get you to send me a link for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So next question here. Um, like to uh, talk about um, well, we, we sort of talked about relationships in a mental sense, but I also like to talk about relationships in the actual relational, like social sense. And I come up with this concept again, playing on the hat metaphor of hype hats and heavy hats. So hype hats are people who hype you up, who support you, who encourage you, who want you to succeed. And you know, when they're struggling, when you're struggling, they really just try to, like you were saying, like help you see the positive and believe in yourself. And the heavy hats are the people who are weighing you down, they're holding you back, they're discouraging you. And so I like to do kind of an exercise to say, let's take an example. You don't have to name any names, but we'll take an example of one hype hat in your life and one heavy hat that may no longer be in your life. Uh, and like why they were that so that we can kind of make a distinction of 
what makes like a healthy, uh, supportive connection in your life and what is maybe like a warning sign or a flag of like, hey, this person is actually detrimental to me and I should get some, some, you know, buffer space here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important given that uh, we've just been talking about how we really resonate with those that we surround ourselves with, how we are made of those the energies that if, of everyone who are we surround ourselves with. So uh, I guess I'll start with the heavy so we can end on a good note. Uh, heavy hats for me, definitely um, growing up and in like middle school um, and before middle school as well, I had quite a few like bully influences, um, which just kind of pulled under and uh, hate to admit, but they had a really strong influence um, so much so that I found myself uh, like in a group setting for pe other people who were struggling. And I saw this guy and I was like, this guy looks familiar. And I went up to him, we started chatting and he just kind of mentioned, yeah, my, my middle school really messed me up, man. I was like, oh man, me too. And he, he names it. And I was like, wait, we were in the same middle school at the same time. That's why I know you. So mm. um you know, and we were both there and I was like, okay, this definitely was an influence, definitely worked through it and it doesn't have a grip on me anymore. But it, yeah, definitely a heavy hat there was just um, the meanness of others and also the meanness that I, you know, came out of me <laughs> during that time. I was like, a, you know, don't want to say it was just a defense, yeah. but definitely it came out during that time. I was say, yeah, um, you make a good point that you can actually be your own heavy hat unintentionally if you're not kind to yourself. It's a good point. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so a lot of own um, own self heavy hat as well because of uh, like self-doubt was a big one. Um, also just, um, yeah, not believing in myself enough to pursue the things. Um and so I guess now the light hat times, um, light hats, I mean, for me, I'm really fortunate to have supportive uh, family. So I feel like that's always hype hat number one. Uh, for those of us who do have supportive families, that's a big hype hat plus over there. Um, and also then um, the friends who aren't just friends who we can be like, oh, yeah, hi, I, you know, like, hey, dude, yeah, and like Xbox, and yes, it's fun, but, and also, um, I guess, I, and give me a car magazine, and I'm just like, and I can chat, like we can, like, we can literally chat for days and talk about, like, nothing else, and that will be it, so I guess we can also add cars to the list, um, but yes, I, um, high pets are ones who are not just that, but also people who, um, if I'm not at my best, or I don't feel like having fun, or I'm not in a, a mood for people, but uh, the people who can people with me, even when I'm not in the mood for peopling, <laughs> if that makes sense. So they can hold my heavy, um, I can hold theirs, um, we can hold space for each other without expectations. Um, for me, those are really high pats because um, I feel like high pats are people who, when I don't have any hypo energy left in me, they become a resting place and a place where I don't have to put up any pretenses. Um, and yes, I do have a few of those friends. I've been very intentional about having my handful of people be those types of people. Um, 
don't get to see them as often and spend as much time with them as I'd like just due to time constraints and work and whatnot. But yeah, those are definitely my high pads. I really liked how you uh, how you put that, that your high pads can hold your heavy and you can hold theirs. Like I've never had someone frame it in that context, but I think that's really cool because that is what friends do. Like we, we hear the, I think the more common phrase that, that's uh, used these days is holding space for, for somebody. Um, but in this context, yeah, you're holding the heavy, uh, whatever's weighing them down, you can help like lighten that burden a bit for them. And that's really cool. Um, so the next question here, I guess on a, a related note is uh, around uh, mental health. And so we like to talk about this because like everyone has a mental health and certainly thanks to the pandemic, a lot of people's mental health has, you know, taken any number of steps back, uh, maybe just one, maybe several. But uh, I think we're, we're sort of through, we're through enough now that I think people are starting to kind of get back on their feet. Um, but so I like to ask my guests because there's like there's no one right answer or one solution that works for everybody. But in your case, um, what, if any, mental health struggles have you dealt with in your life and what has worked for you to uh, work through them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's so funny that you mentioned this because um, in my um, high school days, I was like um, super optimistic achiever, like the energy source and i thought to myself like i had family like family had mental health issues and i was always the one who didn't and was fine and you know um i almost took that too seriously and had that be a part of me uh, throughout like part of my identity like i'm the um the healthy one the cheered cheered up and not the healthy one as in like oh i'm a bit holier than thou but as in like i'm the one who needs to cheer up everyone else and so i became um, really good at putting up facades and never sharing anything. I also think it's rather like maybe a bit of toxic masculinity there, like don't show your emotions, um, men don't cry, all of that um, definitely coming in. So, um, yeah, that became like definitely um, it, it got bad, bad to the point where I started um, putting all the poop under the rug until like the rug was like turd shaped and people could no longer like it wasn't hiding under the rug there it was just like you know that's a full-on turd bro <laughs> you know um and then um yeah so i guess that's happened during uh university and actually like three weeks before i graduated i completely flipped out mental health wise and landed up in like a behavioral health hospital because i was mm-hmm. like really really struggling um with this like facades and not being honest so um yeah it took a lot of work to just be honest um and also just want to shout out that um there's all these kind of notions about like i think especially um in terms of like um when we're talking about mental health and um at least in south africa and stuff um it's seen as like a feminine thing and men don't have mental health or they like hide it or they can't have it because like family men, whatever. But like so many of the people that I've um, encountered in like treatment facilities and things like that um, just have so much like, like it doesn't discriminate. It's like for everyone and it can happen to everyone. So um, yeah, I guess I didn't. Um, oh yeah. 
I hope that answers the question kind of, or yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're talking about your experience and um, yeah, being very open and candid, which I appreciate. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, there's no one like right answer or solution that works for everybody. So it's just, I think it's helpful to hear about different experiences uh, so that people can find out that they're not alone um, cause I mean, I know there's certain experiences that are maybe a bit more common, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's good. I'm glad you shared that. So thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. so the next question here, uh, the preface is that, um, failure can be a good thing, um, uh, because, you know, obviously the, the important thing is learning from it. Uh, if you fail, there's probably a reason. And if you can figure out what it is, then you hopefully won't fail next time. Or maybe sometimes you fail and you realize, oh, that's good because that wasn't the right thing for me. And now I know that and I won't waste any more time or energy on it. So I like to ask, um, what is a time in your life or an event or, um, you know, uh, an experience that, you know, didn't go the way that you had hoped or that you failed at, but it ultimately turned out to be a good thing and because you learned a lesson from it. And what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the I guess I actually have two moments I can recall. Um, the one is quick. Um, so I was, when I was still doing my uh, pursuit of getting into university thing, uh, I really wanted to get into a division one school with tennis. Um, and then for me, it was such a big failure that I got into the Division Three school. I was like, no. Um, but it turned out being the best thing uh, because I wasn't there on like a tennis scholarship or, or anything like that. And being a multi-potentialite, I got there. And um, tennis didn't really, like I played up until my second year. And then third and fourth year, I actually didn't play anymore. So I um, was still able to stay there. If I was D1, I would have been like back to South Africa or staying in tennis and maybe not doing well. So that was like something that worked out for me because I could explore so many other options. Uh, Then another failure that was actually a a fail um, was when um, I was about to get a job at like a hospital in Chicago that was like really diverse. It was just the job that I wanted. It was um, really excellent segue into like med school things. And I would have gotten like a, a whole year of experience, uh, had my own apart, like I had an apartment that I was going to do, like share with a friend and everything. Um, and then I couldn't go back to Chicago because uh, I think I mentioned earlier, but my mental health just took a knock on the last uh, year I was in university and I had to go back home to Cape Town to like, look after my person and just, you know, recuperate. So for me that at the time I was devastated. I was like, you know what, this, this is just terrible. Um, and a part of me still, you know, feels the whole of where that, that whole year was supposed to be. And I still kind of like, you know, get sad about that. Um, and on the flip side of that, I also now, um, I'm grateful for the, um, connections that I've made in South Africa again. Um, if I had been there, um, chances are I might have actually hit the pandemic while I was there. Um, and that would have been a whole thing. Um, being separated from family during all that time. Family went through a really hectic time during the pandemic. So um, it was good to be here while all that was happening. Is um, being present. So I guess those are, um, yeah, two things. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Um, so throughout this uh, this dialogue we've had this episode um there's been things i think have come up that would that would qualify as advice but i like to um formalize it and try to distill it and so i like to ask my guests to give advice to a few specific groups you can give the same advice to all three or you can give different advice but um what advice would you give to a teenager what advice would you give to someone in their 30s and what advice would you give to an elderly person Oh, <laughs> um, I only feel qualified to, um, you know, do the teenagers because uh, as I am yet to turn 30, okay, <laughs> I'm just shy. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I will do my best and take everything I, ta- I say to the 30 and elderly people with a huge pinch of salt or several since I am yet to reach those that level of wisdom and expertise uh, or experience. So um, to teenager, I, I definitely my biggest um, piece of advice and I guess most general piece of advice is always just know thyself. Um, let that be um, the pursuit of what you're looking for in high school as opposed to, um, you know, outside, influencer, out, outside influences, outside um, influences, of course, when one is a teenager, that is the big question, right? Because we were all like trying to find this identity thing that's so elusive. Uh, yet, I feel that those teenagers I've seen who work on that uh, tend to at least have a bit more direction than those who just completely ignore it. Because then, um, and some older people have told me this, where they're like, man, I really wish that I knew this before I went into studying because that then studying this degree then led to this job that I really don't like, but now I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like that know thyself is really, um, I mean, bordering ancient wisdom there, but yes, that is Mm -hmm. what I will recapitulate to the teen. (laughs) So if it's helpful for you for the older groups, because I've had a few people say that they didn't feel like they had any advice to offer to people older than them. But the way that I like to think about it is that we can always learn something from anybody. We can learn things from children. um, Children obviously learn things from us, but um, like, you know, for something that we might be able to teach older people about is technology. Um, My mom is still learning about, you know, different apps and different devices and things but um so if that if that's a helpful uh, reframing context for it um, i mean it doesn't have to be the greatest advice ever just anything you think would be useful or helpful to you know 30 somethings or you know 60 plus people mm-hmm. yeah um 60 plus i'm gonna have to think on that one that i think 30s um is just um probably if we want to stick with the one or two words theme, chill. <laughs> um, because, um, yeah, so many, I think 30s, between the 20s, 30s, I'm realizing, I'm seeing this because I have a lot of older friends. It's like the time of life where either you're like super chilled, um, but like in terms of life stuff, but still stressing out about the fact that you're super chilled because, oh my gosh, I don't have a job. I don't need, I need a job. I need to have a life. Or it's like um, you're just overworked and like burning out. And that's not cool either. So uh, probably uh, a a less condescending but also um, more expansive definition of chill (laughs) because that can come across as, you know, 
just like, oh, how dare you? I am chilled. What are you talking about? Um, you know, I think a more um, re relaxed version or holistic version of that would just be um, make time for R&R, &R, rest and recuperation, rest and recovery, um, and like embed it into daily habits. Um, I think that would be my piece of advice uh, because, yeah, even through trying that myself, embedding rest into daily habits as, as opposed to putting it on this pedestal or something that I need to work towards. Um, yeah, just embedding rest in daily habits. Um, yeah, for 30-year-olds. Um, and for 60 plus, I guess, um, I'm actually borrowing this piece of advice from looking at my own parents. Um, just keep moving, <laughs> you know, um, because sometimes like people who are older, like, ah, oh, aches, pains, ah, oh, and um, you don't even have to be 60 like... plus to have those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Speaking from experience. <laughs> well then. <laughs> um, so then it's like just just get moving. Not not like go run a marathon. Like I mean, probably needs, you know, we need to be mindful of the cartilage that is there or not there, or the arthritis or whatever is going on, but just move the as in a way that feels comfortable for your body. And um, this I'm also borrowing from uh, biokineticists or people who help people to good health through movement. I have seen people in who should have been in wheelchairs like 10 years ago who can still do a shaky walk with like neuromuscular diseases that, yeah, they should have been in a wheelchair as a result of these diseases, but they aren't because of their regular habit of exercise and with these like exercise specialists. And I kid you not, I went to my biokineticist last week and I, I, I almost like limped in there. And by the end of the session, I was doing like squats, like weighted squats with a barbell. And it was literally uh, not an over-exercising issue, but a mobility of the joint issue. So um, if needed, I guess, get if you and if you can afford it um get some professional help with movement if it feels like that bad that you can't like move at all but otherwise just get moving yeah absolutely that is i remember reading a book uh, or part of a book many many years ago that was called uh, i think younger next year and it was exactly that idea that um, if you stop moving, you actually will, your body will break down more. But if you keep moving, you're still um, creating, like you're still spurring uh, replacement cell growth. So it actually is better for you to stay more active the older you get. Um, same thing with your mind. If you stop using your mind as much, then you're you know, potentially more likely to lose your faculties sooner. So um, just always keep moving, learning, growing as much as you can. <laughs> Definitely good advice. Okay, um, now I just need to do a quick disclaimer as a um, slash apology. Dear elders, please don't hate me. <laughs> okay. Um, I, the <laughs> I was gonna say we're both at fault now. I took I jumped in with you to take the bullet. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, this point here, um, I like to give the guests a chance to um, promote or raise awareness of a charity or a cause if they have one in mind, because I think that's a good little thing that we can take a, a moment to do and help. Uh, build some some awareness and get some help where it's needed did you have one of those that you wanted to share yeah i got 
Uh, yeah, just like, I'm allowed to? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so the one is called um, the Cape Action Network. Um, and so after COVID, especially in South Africa, um, a lot of people, because of the huge uh, disparity, economic disparities. Uh, some people were okay. Other people were really not. I mean, I'm sure this was true all over the world, but especially since South Africa is one of the most unequal countries in the world, like there was like the gap was just stark. So this Cape Action Network, especially in my uh, community um, called Curls River. And anyways, they um, basically rallied and got uh open soup kitchens or did community projects for elderly people who were alone. Um, okay, not during the hard lockdown, but that's what they continue to do now. Um, and they, to this day, even, even though uh, the hard lockdown is over, they still are um, giving school kids uh, peanut butter and jam sandwiches uh, before school so that they have food for the day because lots of kids go to school without any food at all. Um, you know, so they do things like that and they rely solely on donations. So um, they have a Facebook page, which I can give the link to. Um, and then, yeah, that is plug number one because they really are awesome. Um, the founder actually just got a mayoral award uh, from the city of Cape Town, um, which means that like, hey, we acknowledge that you're doing awesome work and you're cool. Uh, but not many people know about them because they're really small and it's like at the butt end of the planet, you know, literally we're down there with Antarctica, like chilling with our penguins. Yes, we have penguins down here. Um, fun fact, not a lot of people know that. Um, but yeah, so um, that's why I want to shout them out because I really think that they are doing amazing work, but they just don't have the big... Um, platform to shout it out about it so there we go shout out number one okay. um, second plug is actually for myself um, so I am a transgender man and I've been in the process of transitioning uh, for the past couple of years unfortunately in South Africa they after COVID um, the waiting list for any forms of gender affirming surgeries are tw is 25 years. Um, this is just due to the backlog of uh, cases and also the fact that, um, unfortunately, again, uh, gender-affirming uh, healthcare is not even acknowledged by our um, medical aid system, like our um, health insurance system. So everything is either privately, um, needs to be privately funded or in the health system, which has a 25-year waiting list. And since I don't want to be 50-plus until that happens, um, yeah, I would really appreciate if anyone who would like to um, could, yeah, support me at my GoFundMe page. A really cool friend in Canada, um, not Lacey's friend, not Lacey friend, but another one um, actually set a, a GoFundMe page up, and it's in Canada. So if you are in Canada listening to this right now or anywhere else in North America, um, it's very much open to you. So um, yeah, please do, if you feel led to, um, support my GoFundMe. And yeah, I'll definitely keep you posted. So yeah, those are the two plugs. Thanks. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being open about that. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, now we are at the plug section. So I uh, will give you the chance to go first here and uh, tell everybody anything of yours that you do or that you've made that you want them to know about and where they can find it. Awesome, awesome. Oh, this is ooh, this is exciting. So I um, recently, uh, and I'm still in the process of this actually, uh, of uh, developing my um, international uh, academic coaching website, uh, which is aceyourlearning.com. Aceyourlearning.com, uh, that's where you'll find me. So uh, at the moment, you'll just find a, we're launching soon with a little rocket page. Um, and but there is a place for a contact form where you can fill in your details, um, and either that will the you can choose those details can lead to a free um, tutoring session for high schoolers, uh, or it can lead to just um, some free um, like a free ebook on how to master your habits. So even though my website isn't up yet on the international front, you can still get those. Um, resources free of charge. And then uh, second plug is uh, if you are in Africa, South Africa, or you just want to learn more about me, I have a second website, which is makelearninglast.com. So mm. makelearninglast.com, or one word, that will take you to my current uh, website, which is uh, based in South Africa. But of course, you can still access it on the World Wide Web. Um, so if you'd like uh, any like personalized co uh, tutoring or just uh, a call with me to really talk about strategy to help um, either a returning adult who's been out of school for years and needs help getting back into studies or getting back into balancing uh, life with how to be a student at the same time, or if you're like a high schooler who needs help with subject-specific work, and you can see all the subjects that I uh, give assistance with there. So those are the two websites, aceyourlearning.com and makelearninglast.com. So uh, yeah. there we go. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, you can catch me there. Just search my name and you'll find me. Um, mm -hmm. And there we go. And you're also on Instagram. Don't forget that one. Oh, yes. Instagram. Um, you will get me on Instagram at levi.is.present. That will take you to the Instagram. Yeah. And I will have all of these links uh, on the screen as well as in the episode description. So you can definitely find them. Uh, as for myself, um, uh, I have sort of two brands. I have Artemis Creates, which is like my everything that I do thing, and then Hat Collecting, which is the uh, this project, and this project is kind of expanding a little bit now. Um, so it's hatcollecting.com, artemiscreates.com. I'm also on social media with both of them. Uh, I'm not the most uh, reliable, consistent social media poster because I have to do it all myself, and I don't enjoy that a ton, but... Um, I've been trying to be a little bit better with posting clips and things to Instagram and TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah, something else that I've been doing, this is going to come out in a little bit, so this is going to be out of date when I say it, But because um, things always kind of can change on, on the fly, week to week, day to day. But um, I just did the second test run of a an event called the Hat Collecting Play Date, which is a an event that's it's on Zoom currently. Uh, I'm planning to do an in-person version as well. And it's a series of different activities. Like some of them are improv games. Some of them are just kind of creative little activities. 
and uh, it's basically to help people kind of connect with some new friends and play some kind of do some fun activities and be playful and um, kind of do a little bit of self-reflection as well. And so, but yeah, it went well. And so it's going to be interesting to see where I end up taking it. Um, so I think uh, if you go to hatclicking.com, once I get that figured out, there will be a page there for it. Um, and of course, I have the newsletter still, um, sub.hatcollecting.com, where you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, which will kind of tell you what's going on, what I'm up to, and some other little goodies and yeah everything else is on my website so take a look there and uh, you can find music and my books and writing blogs all kinds of stuff and yeah if you're listening to this on itunes and you want to leave a review that would be greatly appreciated um tell your friends share the link uh share the youtube clips um all that all that good stuff um so yeah that uh, brings us to the end of the show so thank you so much everyone for watching and listening as usual um you can find bonus content on the patreon and you can find me online like where i've already said um but until next time stay curious and keep collecting those hats and thanks again to levi for joining us bye thank you